The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday the 14th of September. I'm Michael Bailey and today we're asking... Who is the 16-year-old Barcelona winger breaking records with Spain? A lot of his little dribbles were being chopped up and replayed immediately on Twitter. Why is Richarlison seeking psychological help? He said, I'm going to sit down and talk to them. I need a good streak in terms of goals. And do resurgent Liverpool fear losing Jurgen Klopp to Germany? He's destined to manage Germany one day. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. Chances are you won't have heard the name Lamine Yamal much before, but that's likely to change from here. It was quite the international break for the 16-year-old Barcelona winger. On Friday, Yamal became Spain's youngest senior international and goalscorer during their 7-1 Euro 2024 qualifying victory in Georgia. Yamal then became Spain's youngest starter in Tuesday's 6-0 home win over Cyprus at the age of 16 years and 61 days. It follows Yamal's five La Liga appearances for Barcelona, with one Spanish outlet since suggesting he is already a better player than Lionel Messi was at the same age. But let's not heap too much praise on the young lad. Dermot Corrigan is the athletic Spanish football writer and he joins us now. Dermot, what's been the reaction to Lamine Yamal's performances for Spain? Everybody is very, very, very excited about Yamin Lamal. He was just exceptional against Cyprus in Granada. Was at the game, was in the stadium, and there was oohs and ahs. A lot of his little dribbles were being chopped up and replayed immediately on Twitter. People were talking about him on the radio shows last night, which are so big here. He was the, the main story. A lot more people talking about Yamin Lamal than Luis Rubiales or Jenny Hermoso, which is maybe interesting in itself, but yeah. It's all you mean now, even for a 16-year-old kid, it's just amazing. It is remarkable to see any footballer break through at such a young age, but especially at, at this level, what has marked him out to get to this point so soon? He's been earmarked as somebody who was coming through. He scored a brilliant goal for Spain's under-17 team against France in European Championships during the summer. He made his Barca debut at the end of last season. There was a little bit of a feeling that that was because they wanted to make sure that he signed a senior contract with the club. He's, he's represented by Jorge Mendes. And when he got into the Spain team, Spain squad, was a little bit that maybe he was being called up because they wanted to make sure he doesn't move to, to play for Morocco, who he's also qualified to play for. But also, once you see him play, you realise that this kid is he's capable of playing at, at this level. He has He's big for his age, but he also has, has really good close control, can, can take players on, can beat players. But it's his final product that, that stands out. You know, he puts in really good crosses. He played a a through ball for, for Nico Williams, which didn't seem on, but yet he, he just kind of immediately sensed the opportunity and played a perfectly weighted through ball. So he just has just a natural understanding of the game, which is, is quite phenomenal, really. Can you put into context Lamine Yamal's uh, achievement in playing for Spain at such a young age, but also what are the plans now for him, both with Spain and Barcelona? Well, he's he's knocked over a year off the record that was held by by Gavi, who just came through, seems a long time ago now, but just a couple of years ago, Gavi had come through La Masia, played for Spain really young. And before that was Anzu Fadi, who had also come through La Masia and played for Spain really young. We're kind of used to hearing these starlets coming through out of Barca and going straight into the Spain team and making an impact. 
the, the issue that people are most worried about now, or at least I'd be most worried about now, is the Anzu Fadi example because he looked amazing as well. You know, settled straight in, was scoring really good goals for for Spain and for Barcelona. Looked the finished product almost at, as a seventeen year old. But that's the worry with with Yamal at the minute that he is so young that Barca are going to want to play him. Spain might want to play him, and he's still you know he's got a, a long way in front of him. So it's um. There is a lot of excitement about it, but it has to be tempered with, with a bit of caution. And we want to see him, you know, over the long term, not to be a flash in the pan, which hopefully Anzu wasn't. But that, that's a fear at the minute. Brazil and Tottenham striker Richarlison has said he will see a psychologist on his return to England after what proved to be a difficult time while on international duty. The 26-year-old was in tears after being substituted during Saturday's 5-1 win over Bolivia. After the game, Richarlison acknowledged it was matters away from football that had triggered his reaction and he would seek the help of a psychologist to work on his mind. The Daily Football Briefing's very own Tim Spears has been covering Tottenham closely for The Athletic and he is with us now. Tim, not many players are brave enough to talk about seeking help in this way. What is the background to all this? It's a really good point. This is an unusual story because not many footballers come out and talk about their mental health in this way. In terms of background, I mean, people will know his struggles in front of goal, which is which now comes to two goals in 30 appearances, you know, for club and country. But he also hinted at some personal issues that he's had, which he kind of, you know, he said, I wasn't crying because literally because of the football, because he said he had a good game for Brazil the other night and he's enjoying his football. But he said, yeah, issues with things getting out of control on his part and people he was sort of suggesting taking advantage of him financially. But he said that he's moved on from that. However, when he gets back to Spurs this week, he said, I'm going to sit down and talk to them. I need a good streak in terms of goals. I need to get the rhythm of the game. And yeah, he wants things to um, to improve. So yeah, first and foremost, great that he's, that he's able to talk about this. You touched on it there, but it does sound like both Spurs and Brazil supporters have, have been supportive of him in, in recent months. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's a really popular figure, you know, certainly well, yeah, for, for both club and country. He's a very sort of gregarious character and he's a pretty smiley guy. He's full of personality. You know, Everton fans loved him as well. I'm sure Watford fans did from recollection as well. So everybody's sort of willing him to get through this. Very different situation to someone like Harry Maguire going through a, a tough time psychologically as well at the moment where everyone's just getting on his back. Whereas with Richarlison going through a tough time, everybody's seems to be pretty supportive. What Why that is, is, is too big an issue for this efficiently short podcast. There's goodwill at Spurs at the moment who who are in a good place as a team and a club, and they want him to be part of that. You know, he is the man charged with replacing Harry Kane, who scores 30 goals a season, and Richarlison has never scored more than 13 in a season, and that is a heavy weight to put on his back. And when you look at Spurs this season, and I think I've been to all of their games so far, he's looked the odd one out, to be honest. Everybody else looks happy, everybody else looks vibrant unlike they're enjoying their football. He doesn't look like that. He looks like he's dying for a goal. And I'm sure it'll come soon. But yeah, he's in a difficult moment. Just finally, we, we've only seen Ange Postacoglu in the Premier League for a few weeks. But would it be fair to say he does seem like a good manager for Richarlison at this point in time? Yeah, definitely. And historically, Richarlison has needed that in the past. Marco Silva was very much seen as a father figure at Watford who helped propel his career and then signed him for Everton as well. Antonio Conte, probably not the man that, that Richarlison sort of needed in his at that time in his career last year. Very much a sort of hands-off disciplinarian who didn't get close to his players, whereas 
Postacoglu, he's not going to, despite the fact that he says mate at the end of every sentence, he's he's not going to be his mate, but he will be a sort of sage counsel and advice and definitely give him all the help that he needs. And Postacoglu is a, is a forward-thinking manager who will be very um, in tune with the need for psychological help with mental health issues and yes this is something that's come up in his career before back in Australia and there are examples of players who've um who've been through lean times and Postacoglu has helped them improve so that bodes well for for Richarlison I'm sure he'll get all the support he needs but he just needs a goal and you know they've got Sheffield United at home on Saturday and that'd be a good place to start. To go deeper on Richarlison's situation you can read a special piece from Tim Spears on The Athletic which all being well will be published on Friday. If you're not yet a subscriber, then go to theathletic.com forward slash briefing to find out our latest offer. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. We're at the point in every international break where it's time to start looking forward to the return of club football. And few will be in a better mood than Liverpool. It was a chaotic summer of big exits, big bids for their star names and concerns over their prospects for the new Premier League season. But after four games, Liverpool are unbeaten and only leaders Manchester City have more points than their early haul of 10. However, there may also be an issue on the horizon, with Germany looking for a new head coach after their shock sacking of Hansi Flick during the international break. The name of Liverpool's German boss Jurgen Klopp has been widely linked with the job. James Pierce is Liverpool correspondent for The Athletic and he joins us now. James, first things first, how did Liverpool turn a difficult summer, especially with remodelling their midfield, into a productive start? Yeah, it's been a really impressive start, which I think, you know, has, has probably settled probably a few nerves and concerns amongst supporters. I think to take 10 points out of the first 12 on offer, with the caveat that it is still early days and tougher tests ahead. But there's a lot to admire, I think, about the recruitment that Liverpool have done, because you, you, you're right, it was a really turbulent summer. McAllister and Zobersley have been an absolute breath of fresh air in that midfield so far. Wataro Endo is still getting his feet under the table, so to speak. And then you've got Ryan Gravenberch, who came in on deadline day, that we're waiting to see in a Liverpool shirt. So, um, yeah, they, they look in decent shape. Are you seeing um, what this latest version of... Klopp's Liverpool will be like over the course of the campaign? And and I, I guess a key point is uh, where should expectations be for this campaign if that version proves successful? The overriding priority has to be to get back into that top four. That hurt everyone connected with the club to, to lose that coveted Champions League status. So I think that's the initial one. And then you want to see them push on from there. And can they be consistent enough to, to challenge for the title? And, you know, certainly the Europa League is a, realistic proposition when you look at you know the relatively kind group they've got there to to get out of that and into the knockout stages so I think in terms of the the style and the dynamic of the team I think I think what fans are probably enjoying the sight of already is a much more energetic midfield a lot more legs I think a lot more creativity I think previously under Klopp it's been a like a workman-like midfield more than one that's really caught the eye with with ball players but I think when you see McAllister and Zobbers lay in that mix now it is going to be you know, a very different kind of dynamic in that middle of the park. And it's, it's exciting, you know, especially when you throw into the mix, the fact they have kept hold of Salah and you've got people like Darwin Nunes and Luis Diaz who have clearly benefited from getting a full pre-season in. 
And there is this Germany head coach vacancy. Klopp's name has been linked with it. How nervous are Liverpool that it could cause them some unwanted instability over the coming weeks and months? I think it's always a concern when your manager is being linked with, with other jobs, although I don't think there's any immediate worry on that front. He's destined to manage Germany one day, but I, I don't think that day is, is any time too soon. You know, I don't think it's realistic for him to do both jobs. And you know, he's under contract at Liverpool till 2026. And I think every Liverpool fan will, will hope that he stays put at least for the next three years because it feels like, you know, for the first time in his managerial career, really, he's building a second great team. He's had so much success in that first part of his reign. And now the challenge that he seems well up for is, can he replicate that? We have one more day of slim pickings for your football TV fix before the big club games return tomorrow. But if you want to try a few new things today, then you can see Manchester City's Antipodean relatives, Melbourne City, visit North Eastern Metro Stars in the quarterfinals of the Australia Cup. That's from 10.30am in the UK on Football Australia YouTube. And if the Saudi Pro League is a curiosity to you, then there is the chance to see Karim Benzema, N'Golo Conte and Fabinho playing under head coach Nuno Espirito Santo when Al Ittihad travelled to Al Okdud. That is available to watch from 11am Eastern on Fox Deportes. That's all for today's briefing. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Michael Bailey. Your producers were Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman and your executive producer was Ian McIntosh. If you're with us for the first time, make sure you follow on your podcast app and tell your friends about us too. Adam Leventhal will be with you tomorrow morning. Until then, have a great day. The Athletic.